Hello and welcome to Is This Room Free? My name is Martin Drake and I'm an ex-HR professional who is now the founder and managing director of Hire People, a recruitment business that is raising the standards in the way recruitment agencies operate. In this podcast, I will be talking to HR professionals and listening to the stories of their careers. I will be finding out about the journeys they have taken and what they have learned along the way. The purpose is to help others in the profession identify and understand the various paths available and take inspiration from my guest speakers. Whether you are someone who is looking to get that first step on the HR career ladder or an aspiring HR director, I hope you get value from my conversations. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in once again. On this episode of the podcast, my guest is Charlotte Humphreys. The reason for asking Charlotte to join me is that earlier this year, she made the transition from HR assistant over to HR advisor. However, we can then throw into the mix the fact that she started a new role, which was with a new company, only one week before lockdown occurred. Charlotte shares with us not only a story of how she made that step up to advisor, but what the past six months have been like for someone adapting to a new role whilst doing so from their kitchen table. It certainly makes for an interesting situation, so I hope you enjoy listening. Right, welcome everybody. Um, Charlotte, thank you very much for joining me on this next episode of Is This Room Free? How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. And yourself? Good, I'm all right. Yes, very good indeed, thank you. Um, I guess let's get cracking with it. So as a start, everything, can you give us a quick overview of, of your situation right now then and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm now an HR advisor. Um, I've been in HR for three years, been an advisor for about five months so far. So still quite new to the advisor role um, for, for a recruitment IT company. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing on my journey as an advisor so far. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, the purpose of getting you on, obviously we connected and, and had a chat and I thought you'd be a great um, person to bring on at this stage in the in the podcast's uh, life cycle because we had Rachel on a couple of weeks ago who she's 12 months into her journey and you're really the next evolution of that life cycle of a HR person. So you were, you're in your kind of entry level for um, three years and then you've transitioned to HR advisor. So it's um, about understanding how you made that move from an assistant to an advisor that will hopefully help um, people out there who are wanting to make that move. So let's go right back. Let's do a rewind. So yourself, you didn't go to university. What was the yeah. decision making around that? So I went to a school where everyone was pushed to go to uni. Um, Academically at the time, it was just not for me. Um, I actually had a place to go to uni uh, on a course called Adventure Education, so completely different. I was very much your outdoorsy type girl. Okay. <laughs> um, so I decided not to go forward with that. I took a gap year, um, did, did a bit of volunteering uh, with an with a international charity, which was amazing. Uh, I still had absolutely no idea. Were your parents okay with the decision of not going? Yeah, so neither of them went to uni, um, so they weren't really too bothered. Um, they were very much like, if it's 
you know if it's the thing that you you think is right for you then absolutely we'll, we'll stand behind you that's fine they were probably quite happy with it that they didn't have to fork out as much money so oh, true, true. <laughs> but that, that's good that they're supportive of kind of whichever direction you want because some some parents can put a bit of pressure on saying you know you're going to yeah. uni it's, it's the best thing okay so decided not to go to uni so after leaving school um where at what point did you think because I, I you know I've always kind of said this um I don't really know anybody that's from around the playground going I want to be in HR I want to be in HR <laughs> so at what point did it happen for you thinking that's a career that I want to pursue it kind of didn't really happen I kind of accidentally <laughs> fell into it <laughs> and now incidentally love it so um I kind of come off my gap year. I was working at M&S um, and I had a job at a health and wellbeing company uh, after M&S and I was working there as a team leader and it was it was great. It was fine as a first proper job. It, I was about 21. It was it was fine. Um, it kind of got to the point where I was like, this is not for me anymore. It's just it's not doing? the thing I want to do. I was so basically I was a franchise team support so um, this awesome. well-being company sell, sell lots of different products and, and health products and tablets and um, shakes and stuff and I worked at the head office um, kind of dealing with the franchise partners okay. um, queries and, and making sure they got paid and, and all, all sorts so quite um, so quite administrative um, very customer support focused um, again but I'd had experience of that from MS, so that was kind of my thing I liked helping people um still do so it was fine at the time um it kind of got to the point where I was just doing the same thing every single day um and it was just not varied enough for me okay um I kind of I, I kind of grew out of it really um at that point my my office manager left um, me and him were relatively close. Um, we got on really well. He left and he went to um, a different company. He said, "Oh, you know, this um, this company that I now work for um, have got this this role um, available if you want to kind of go for it." I said, "Oh, cool. What is it?" He said, "Oh, it's a it's an HRC COE role, Centre of Excellence. Uh, oh. There's no job description, but do you fancy it?" <laughs> I thought, "Well, why is it? <laughs> why not? I've got well, I've got nothing to lose." Um, I kind of got a bit of background on it. It wasn't too much. Um, they didn't really know, the employees didn't really know what they wanted the role to be or to do particularly. Uh, there were no specifics. Uh, they just knew that I was going to be helping HR recruitment and learning and development. Um, and that was it. So I thought, why not? <laughs> a bit of a hybrid role, uh, just look, we know we need this resource um no specifics but the the team's overloaded or um the stuff that isn't getting done we'd need somebody to come in and and just kind of help out extra pair of hands across that's it the three different things okay yeah and, and did that sound like your cup of tea it did you know I, I i just wanted to change what i was doing i was young at the time so i thought i oh, you know i'll more money <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's go for it i like the sound of hr i like helping people so um i kind of thought you so know what just interestingly so you've gone down for the i don't know an interview or a meeting or a chat with them they've explained yeah. it to you did you then go away and do any further research on it or did you just think 
do you know what? I just want to change. This sounds interesting. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, I was kind of at the point where I thought it sounded interesting. I really, really wanted to change my job. Um, so I thought, you know what? Why not? Um, I think that can sometimes happen when we're young. That Well, I say we're young. You're still young. Um, but <laughs> where you kind of not hung up on specifics of things. You're just thinking, well, it's a job. I'm going to get paid. It sounds all right. You know, a career... You know, I don't really think you think of a career at like 21, 22. You just, it's a job at that point, isn't it? And and often those jobs then just become careers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what happened for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I started this job and it was, I, I enjoyed it. We, it was kind of, yeah, as, as you said before, a hybrid role um, of just basically being an admin to the main three functions so what of was that the, department. What was the size of the team? So what what what, what did the company do? So um, they, so if you ever see kind of specific charities like Guide Dogs or Dogs Trust out fundraising, they employ um, some of those people to go out um, and fundraise for those yeah. charities. Um, so we're kind of a main hub for, for all of that activity. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting company to work for. Um, I've never kind of, it, it was relatively similar to what I'd done before with the fundraisers were relatively similar to the franchise partners I had dealt with in the past, okay. um, kind of doing their own kind of thing. Um, working quite autonomously, our- independently going out getting the job done, but then feeding That's back it. to yeah, but then needing our support, kind of back office um, type. So, so that was kind of good, a good thing for me um, to be doing. The, the team wasn't big. We had one L and D manager, uh, one recruitment person, um, and we had an HR manager and an HR assistant at the time as well. And then there was me okay. and an HR director. Um, okay. So, so there weren't too many of us. Okay, and what were you doing? day to day then I'm guessing if it was if I'm understanding it right um kind of fundraiser people who either go knocking through doors or you find them on the high street with the buckets and the clipboards and things like that really really stood in the rain generally looking on but then turning (laughs) it on as soon as someone makes eye contact with them um so I'd anticipate quite high turnover in terms of so lots of recruitment yeah yeah, absolutely. You had your fundraisers who have been there for years and had no intention of leaving, but then you had your maybe younger. It was it was an older kind of generation, maybe fifty or sixty, um, average age fundraiser. Um, but then you had some of the younger people come in and started, and then they kind of thought that they couldn't actually hack it in the end because it was too boring, it was too cold, it was too wet, it was too hot. <laughs> Um, so yeah there was there was a high turnover um it kind of evolved really I wasn't I wasn't doing the admin stuff as a center of excellence for too long I don't remember how maybe maybe about six months um six months or so it it wasn't a massive amount of time um it, it evolved into me literally dealing with all of the complaints that come through so I think probably because of the company and, and members of the public kind of crumble quite a lot sometimes. Yeah. Um, we did have quite a lot of com- complaints come through 
a lot of little things like, oh, he didn't smile at me when I walked past. Really silly things. I mean, um, I, I would they, definitely take time out of my busy day to try and find the head office of a company just to say he <laughs> didn't smile enough. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you just think, Honestly. I've got to reply to this person, otherwise they will be a dog over the bone over this and just... Yeah, otherwise I'll go to the charity and yeah. they'll just be a nightmare. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Honestly. Okay, so, yeah. so I had doing a little bit of admin, but then focusing on kind of customer complaints and feedback and stuff. Okay, how long are we doing that for? Yeah, so again, probably probably just less than six months, maybe, maybe three, maybe three months I was doing kind of doing that for, and I got to the point where I thought to myself, I actually... This, this is incredibly boring. I just can't turn over these complaints all the time. Just me. This is not what I want to do. Frying pan into the fire then in terms of leaving um, the health and wellbeing company to go here. Well, I still enjoyed kind of parts of what I was doing and I knew what my HR assistant was doing and the manager. So I thought, you know what, that, that kind of stuff's actually really interesting to me. Interesting to me. I'm not interested in recruitment particularly, maybe more so in L&D, but the HR aspect really kind of took a hold of me. Um, so I guess I sat down with my manager one day and thought and said, you know, is there any opportunity that I can kind of stop doing this and doing more to help you guys specifically in, in, in the HR team? Um, so, yeah, it, it then evolved um, from, from there, really. So I stopped doing the complaints. We passed on to somebody else. Um, You're like, <laughs> you go. take it, take it. It's brilliant, honestly. It's really, really interesting. You have it. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. Um, so yeah, and then the assistant got promoted to advisor. So there was a really good opportunity and gap for me to become the HR assistant, uh, which I completely grabbed with two hands um, and said, "Yeah, I'm putting those complaints behind me." Bye, COE. Hello, HR advisor. Um, which was really, was, which was really great for me. Okay. And what was the the learning curve through that then? So you hadn't worked in HR before. You've I'm guessing all of the the admin skills that you'd picked up over the last couple of years though were really helpful in you making that transition over. Yeah, absolutely. Um it, it was really a kind of awakening almost. I thought, you know what, this is this is actually what I want to do. I actually think I've found what I want to do I never thought this day was going to come but it's HR and it, it's for me um which was which was great because actually all of my friends from school went to uni um and I was the only person who didn't go so I was I didn't have anyone else to compare myself to at all I was kind of on my own trying to make you know get jobs and make a career of something that I had no idea what I, I wanted say, to do actually, do you think do you think you possibly had that light bulb moment of going ah this is it this is what I wanted to do because it felt more like a career whereas the other ones may have just felt you know I guess going back to what we were saying you know a few minutes ago was it that you up until that point you felt everything was just a job and suddenly you felt actually I can have a career doing this there's you know HR advisor HR manager there's there's a pathway there for me yeah, absolutely. Um, I got to the point in, in the assistant role where I thought, yeah, I can see my next steps. I can see my progression. 
um, down the line. I know it's going to take me time. It's going to take a lot of work. Um, but there are those pay rises and those jumps that come with that. Whereas I'd never felt like that before. They were just jobs. Yeah. Um, I didn't see myself staying in MS, becoming a manager. I, it just wasn't for me. Um, so becoming the HR assistant w- was eye-opening um, okay. for me. This, I mean, this will be good for, for people who are wanting to kind of get into HR. Then. So what sort of duties and responsibilities did you have as that first HR job? Yeah, well, I, I know I was the assistant. It was, it was more an HR admin role, yeah. um, which, was, which was okay. Um, a lot of logging holiday. They didn't, didn't have an HR system um, oh. in that company at all. So I'd never, I'd never met an HR system before, um, which was fine because I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah. So it was very much spreadsheets, um, doing all, you know, taking phone calls, making sure people are all right, um, sickness. Um, as it progressed and went on, I was doing more of the HR assistant stuff. Um, I ended up taking on all of the investigations. Um, I was going to say, the what, advice- what would your definition of a, the difference between a HR advice, sorry, HR administrator and a HR assistant be then? Because this can be very, you know, grey area, depending on organisation, size, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what for you was that um, switch between the duties of a HR administrator to then feeling more like I'm a HR assistant now? Absolutely. Um, I think there is a fine line because I was, as the assistant, I was still doing all of the admin stuff, but just kind of extra. Um, did you more- ask for the extra or did it, did your manager sit down with you one day and say, we now need you to pick it up or I now think that you're at a position that you can pick it up? How did it happen? Yeah, it kind of, it was a bit of both really. I wanted a bit more responsibility um, because I don't want to stay in the same spot forever and doing the same thing every day. Um, and my you, manager... How long had you been in the admin role then? So I guess overall, probably about a year before I was then assistant, okay. and yeah, then I stayed assistant until the end of my my time there. Yeah. So after a year, you kind of master you've mastered the admin side of it. Yeah. You. Yeah. You wanted more by that point, so you kind of went yeah. to your boss a little bit, but they acknowledged that at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It was very much a two way thing, which was which was great. It was a we worked very closely as a team. It was. Um, myself the advisor and the manager were all very close in in working together which was which was really great um i started shadowing uh the advisor on investigations when the manager was still doing the disciplinary section side of side of things um and then it got to the point because the director was doing the appeals process uh where the director was getting really busy and she said you know it, it now it's got to the point where it all kind of needs to shift down one and i was ready to take on that responsibility um so for me owning the whole investigation process um was great to prove myself in 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 doing something that was more than just admin i i you know from my perspective and um trying to help people for me that that is that tipping point moment of transitioning from um administrator to assistant it's trying to get a little bit more operational trying to get involved in the things like you know rather than just 
posting a job advert, actually interviewing, doing screen and selection, um, maybe supporting in some training sessions or around employee relations, starting to then get involved, even if it's just minute taking or progressing from minute taking to doing the investigations. And for me, the definition is that moving from an admin to slightly more operational. You don't have, probably not yet trusted to do it by yourself, but you're a much more supporting mechanism through those processes. So was that what happened for you? Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. And I, I really did enjoy my time there. Um, I got to the point where I said, you know what, I really, not having a degree, not not going to uni, um, I thought was going to really hinder me in being able to progress within HR. Um, so, Why? well, I can't, I was looking, I'd been looking at jobs, especially when, um, my transition to in, into this job um, and, and in even previously um, and a lot of jobs in my opinion that I've seen are you need a degree you need mainly your your level three or your level five depending on what, what you want to do and which route you want to go down or you need like three or four years experience in HR which I obviously did not have yeah. um, any of those things at the time um, so I thought, you know what, I really need to do something about this. Um, so they agreed to fund my level three CIPD, which was amazing. Perfect. Um, so that was that was really where I kind of took off um, and thought, yeah, this is this is this is for me. This is so. This is I'm, I'm curious around this now. So you did your level three. Did you feel that that was advantageous to your knowledge and capability in the role? Or did you feel as though it was that thing that you needed in your back pocket to say, okay, if I then move on and I go for further applications, it just says that I've got it. It it meets the requirements of an an application form rather than, um, well, I don't want to put words into your mouth. So, (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just really curious around around all this with the the, the CRPD accreditation. Um, yeah, where where did you feel it it sat for you then? Yeah, I think for, for me doing my level three um, because of its equivalent to kind of A levels, and I already had A levels. For me, it was literally just getting it on my CV um, done. Tick, I've done that. So in my next job, they're going to look at me probably over maybe someone who doesn't have that at all but has the same experience as me um so I mean it was interesting enough I didn't enjoy the recruitment piece as much I must say (laughs) Um, you've said it about four times now I get this sense of really not into recruitment (laughs) 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 um but yeah it was it was just a, 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 a box tick for me really um it's a shame though isn't it because you know, it's a cost investment by the by either the individual or the employer. It's time away from the role to actually go and do it. And uh, yeah, just for, for me, a lot of people often say that they they get more from the day to day of the job or learning from the manager or coaching or mentoring or you know time served, whatever it is, and they actually did from the course. And and I guess it just begs the question is the content of the course not suitable 
what what something's falling apart in the system that HR people have to go through this process to get an accreditation. Otherwise, they their application won't be considered for certain roles. Yet we're all mm. caught up in this kind of vicious circle of having to get the accreditation. Yet, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it it's interesting. Uh, I do agree. Um, I think not going to uni and doing my level three, the level three gave me um, a more rounded view of what was included within HR um, and other aspects of it. So it was good from that point of view. I did it all online as well. So I didn't go to college at all. Um, So that was a different aspect of it. It was fine for me at the time. Um, On a a separate note, I'm starting my level five next month. Um, So in my so in my current role anyone who's going to mark your future grades listen to this you're a big um advocate of um, <laughs> all of the modules within the CIPD uh, it will be curriculum. amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> brilliant right. um, so we've side noted that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but like for the level five I'm I'm learning a lot in my current role now anyway and being able to put a lot into practice um but I do think my level five is going to help me a lot more than my level three did in learning um, and knowledge and then being able to put in a lot more into practice as well. Um, so I do think they, I'll be able to tell you next year. <laughs> I'll speak to you next year after I finish my level five right, and I'll we'll, be able to tell we'll you how. We'll in. We'll revisit this <laughs> uh, in 12 months time then and okay. see what you thought. <laughs> fantastic not to the day i'm getting married a year to the day so maybe in a couple of weeks in a year are you getting married a year today yeah i am (laughs) i will wait for my invitation then um i'll and i will my cipd buddies (laughs) 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 we're diagonal aren't we okay so so going back so you you've started to get um do the shadow and you start to gain the more further experience um uh, kind of more of an assistant you've done your level three how long were you in that role then before you decided to to want to become an advisor i was there for another year and a half um where that's kind of when just before i left my hr manager had left um and I thought, you know what, I think I've actually, and she was so knowledgeable. Employment law was her thing. It was absolutely her thing. She was just, she loved it. She lived and breathed it. Um, it's it's a love or hate thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, certain parts of it are okay to an extent. Um, but I think I'd, I'd squeezed all of the knowledge and experience I could have done out of that role that, um, that I could. And the HR advisor. Um, is still there now she wasn't looking to leave um she's you know comfortable in what she's doing now which is fine for me i wanted that next step and i couldn't do that there um because there was there was no room there was no room to go the advisor level which is the next level for me um i know you've not worked for for a big corporate because again this is this is another um interesting dynamic i always like to talk to people about um it's difficult when you've you've not worked in a big company but Sometimes in a smaller company, um, I would say, okay, you're going to get a lot more exposure, but sometimes you have a finite amount of time that you can be with that company because you want to progress, but if the opportunity isn't there, 
both parties almost need to accept that. You know, I certainly believe that the lower end of um, of any role, be it so that we do HR and marketing recruitment here, but if on the kind of that certainly on the HR side, if there isn't progression from a HR administrator after 12, 18 months, maybe two years, you have to just accept that if you can't give that person opportunity to progress, you're going to lose them because they, yeah. they need to go elsewhere to develop their own career. Um, and that happens in smaller companies that, you know, you, you kind of, you'd want to get through the, the admin, the assistant as quick as possible because everyone wants to get to an advisor because that's where it then gets really interesting. And yeah, the money's better obviously, but that's, I think <laughs> when people really feel as though I've made it, I'm, I'm, I'm a HR professional now because I've got more, you know, more operational in terms of what I'm doing. Um, did you feel, I know you can't, like I say, can't, you can't talk about the numbers of opportunities that might be available in a bigger company, but did you feel that having worked in a smaller company, the breadth of the exposure that you got was really good that helped you maybe progress at a quick rate? Um, I mean, the volume of kind of investigations and disciplinaries was really, really high um, because of the volume of complaints that had come in um, all the time. We did a lot of that. I probably did 100 investigations last year. Um, like we did a lot. Um, they were a lot of the time were kind of smaller things, but that was kind of kind of my, my main thing. We we did a lot of sickness. Um, I kind of shadowed the HR advisor. Um, a lot of the time for that, um, sickness and well-being. Um, but to be honest, it's funny, in my role now, I'm getting a whole load more exposure than I was in my previous role. Okay. Um, the, the company that I work for now um, is a big... You're a smaller team, aren't you? So you've, the, the actual team's smaller again, which may be yeah. up that actually smaller team, therefore, you know, the two of you having to do a lot more combined. Yeah, I feel like I've got a lot more opportunity to put a lot of different skills um, into practice in, in what I'm doing now. Um, okay. And it, it's, it's funny, and the, the corporate side of things is, or was, and still is, I guess, still so unknown to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So. You, yeah, I, I don't know, I was going to digress and say, you, you, you know, you may find that your sweet spot is sticking with smaller companies, but, you know, who, who start to go into like career coaching mode then and, because <laughs> this is a podcast and not me doing personal career coaching um okay so you um felt that you were getting a lot more experience but you were aware that the hr advisor wasn't going to be going anywhere therefore um you were gonna have to move on did you did you have an honest and open conversation with them or did you just start to like one day you just think okay it's time to move on now and just start applying for stuff I was quite close to the advisor, so I had quite an open conversation with her, um, along with the L&D manager, um, was quite close to both of them. So they both knew where I was in my head, and where I was at, that I was openly looking for jobs, which I was fine with. Um, I didn't feel like I trusted or had enough of a relationship with the HR director to, to let her know. They had hired a, an HR manager at the time that I'd met on an interview but she didn't get to start because of covid unfortunately um so yeah i think it was it was a weird one i think i would have liked to be able to talk to the director and say look this is where i am i can't move anywhere i can't go forward here 
unfortunately, you know, I potentially would have stayed, but there was just no progression any, anymore for me. Um, and there's only something you can do. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people wouldn't have that conversation anyway. A lot of people would just, it's almost like cheating on somebody, isn't it? You're not going <laughs> to tell them that actually I'm going to start looking at it now. Yeah. Um, and you do, you do kind of, you know, you do feel little bit um especially when you hand your notice and you feel awful don't you um so a lot of people do do it under the radar i was just curious whether you'd um yeah just had that that conversation or not so so you started to go and apply for things how was that process then of making that transition going externally to make that transition to hr advisor did you did you have to apply for loads did you go for loads of interviews did it happen quickly for you I applied for loads of jobs, <laughs> loads of jobs. I think I I didn't hear back. Some of them I didn't hear back from at all, which is so frustrating. Typical. Um, <laughs> recruiters. I know. <laughs> I nearly saw them, but I'm trying to keep the podcast. <laughs> uh, others I heard back from, um, but was unsuccessful, didn't get to go to interview stage. I did have, I think I only had one interview before the interview for this job that I'm in now um but it was something that was not for me completely it turned out um good so, yeah. interviews it was just the application um process yeah I've not seen your CV um do you think your CV was letting you down or do you just think maybe the the volume of competition because you were when turn of this year did you start applying I'm guessing yeah so probably probably January yeah January Feb I started applying for jobs okay okay Mm -hmm. did you ever get any feedback of why you were your application was unsuccessful I think I got back like feedback from one potentially um but I you know I I can't remember potentially my CV was letting me down um but again oh isn't it yeah I'm I'm trying to the reason I'm asking the question is to try and just help people who are um, trying to make that leap up to a, a HR advisor and is there anything I can extract from your success that, that would maybe help those people but yeah. if you're applying for things and you're not getting the feedback of where you've been unsuccessful then you don't know what you're doing wrong either um, yeah did you talk to any I recruiters? Um, I spoke to a couple of recruiters I think the competition is quite high um I think if I'd already done my level five I would have stood a much better chance I think would have got a lot more interviews okay um than, than a lot of them were three years experience and level five for for advisor um which I wasn't even studying at the time so yeah have you, have I mean, you self-funded the level five or is being sponsored by your new employer yeah, so it's also being sponsored again by by my company now, which I'm really, really super lucky to do. So I'm doing the apprenticeship uh, through through the apprenticeship levy. Um, so slightly longer than, than than the whole just just the course, um, but I think potentially better because I'll have a whole portfolio at the end of it. Um, are you doing so, online again, or are you doing? Um, I go to college this time. Yeah, so I go to college like once a week. Um, yeah, I think the. The, the the kind of network that you meet when you go into the classroom um so all the other people on the course you'll probably develop quite a good relationship with because when you're working on kind of um assignments and stuff together for me that was one of the best things i got out of it i mean you know heather who was on a couple of weeks ago we were on the same course you know six years okay. ago um, yeah. 
and I, I always kind of keep in touch and keep an eye on kind of other people on the course as well. And I think it's, yeah, it's just one of the things I got, I, I, again, comparatively, I can't say what the online version's like because I didn't do that. I went to classroom, but I, I just really enjoyed that and got that out. So um, hopefully I think that's something that you'll, again, when yeah. we invite you back next year after your wedding, you can Absolutely. say the difference between um, online versus classroom. Because um, it's, it's all good. This is what... This is what this is about. It's about getting people's opinions that help others who have decisions to make at certain points of their HR career. You know, trying to get this input from people who've done it, um, so they're making the right decisions for them as well. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so don't necessarily know kind of why your applications weren't working too well, um, but ultimately you got success. You um, you went to uh, tech systems um, and tell us about so you, you joined at a <laughs> one of the most odd moments in world well we're not yeah. world history but certainly um modern history of uh, you joined during uh, lockdown no yeah not ideal. I started on the um I started on on a Wednesday on the 11th of March and I was in the office on the Wednesday we then had a practice lockdown on the Thursday what's a practice then, lockdown well, I think they kind of knew it was coming so we had to make sure that all the laptops were working from home oh, okay. um, everyone could connect and everything so that was a practice lockdown not knowing if it was actually going to be implemented or not that was good I've yeah never, so I've heard of anyone doing that that was quite that's good foresight I'm guessing from yeah. operations or IT whoever it is yeah so that was that all went well Back in the office on Friday, back in the office on Monday, Tuesday, lockdown. Um, so I made it into the office three times. I've been back a couple of times to kind of have a nice uh, a face-to-face with my manager, one-to-ones, which has been really nice. I think I've met the whole team now, um, but I've still only been in less than 10 times, um, which is really odd. It's still a really unknown space for me. Um, so I still don't feel you'll, you'll kind of still feel like a newbie won't you when you go into the office oh hi sorry um, where do these stairs go you want uh, to know, like where the teacups and stuff are kept and yet you've <laughs> effectively been employed for six months almost months yeah <laughs> it's been really really strange they've done really well with the whole onboarding process um, to be honest this six months has gone so quickly I can't, it's been a flash. Um, it's gone really well so far. Um, thank goodness for Microsoft Teams is all I can say. Um, face-to-face video video calls, that's really, really helped. I think if we didn't have that, it yeah. would be completely different. Yeah. Um, so talk yeah. to me about, I've got so many questions right now about about all this, but let, let's go back to kind of like the, the, the core one. So how is the job different now that you've been doing it um kind of five six months do you feel has it been a natural step or do you feel as though actually stepping into a hate a proper hr advisor job has been quite in at the deep end have you had a lot to learn so almost kind of i don't know take away the uniqueness and the nuances of, of covid and working from home but get into the actual um bare bones of the job itself how has that transition been so actually 
different parts so some of it has been very natural um and I've taken on a lot of things even some of the manager coaching that I've done um has felt very natural to me haven't needed too much help my my manager currently now is the HRBP um she's very very good at what she does we get on very well which also really helps um and she's in my opinion not had to guide me too much but guides me just enough there are also other things that I've never done before. So I've done, recently done a business analysis. Numbers are not completely my thing, which is why I started HR and <laughs> not, not finance. finance. <laughs> um, so that's been really different. I think probably because it's a corporate company, um, numbers and strategy are, are quite, um, well, that, that's what she does is, is her thing. Um, so that's been interesting to try and wrap my head around and, and, and crack on and do that. Um, so that's company in terms of headcount is bigger than where you've come from. So that management, internal management reporting is yeah. required, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's been quite difficult. We also had the redundancy process. Um, obviously, COVID kind of messed a lot of companies up. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we had to go through a bit of that as well. Um, I was extremely lucky to keep my job. I really thought I was going to go, being the newbie. Yeah. Um, but but they kept me, which was which was great. Um, so that was obviously something I'd never done before, um, redundancy and, and having those conversations. So that was really interesting. Um, and obviously needed a bit more guidance on that cause I'd never done my say, in that did, did your manager coach you around that? Cause, um, for me, I think there's two parts of, of that. There's the technical aspects of it, but there's also teaching you how to handle the actual, emotion of it all because dealing with those people and giving them the news you can get a multitude of different reactions you can get people who accept it uh, get angry get tearful um yeah i you know I, i've been there having to do it and it, it, it's tough it's emotionally draining for you was any support given to you on that side as opposed to the technical aspect yeah um so they, they were really good they were very much you know if you, if you need to take some time off because i only had a small group to talk to um through the redundancy and i only had one person to to let go whereas my my counterparts and the other advisors had maybe 15 or so people to do to do that for um for our parent company so um i had a really small part to play it was just really good experience for me um, for me, I'm quite an emotional person personally, but HR, I managed to really balance it out. Um, and it's really interesting. I can kind of bring in my compassion, um, but not be too sucked into it, um, especially when having those really difficult conversations. Um, the, 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 the employee that I had um, went through a whole load of emotions. Um, they went through, you know, the anger, the upset, the blame, um, that whole ro roller coaster ride. Um, but, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough. Yeah, absolutely. But they, they gave me some really nice feedback at the end of it. They said, you know, you, you're only doing your job. Um, I think you've done a really good job. And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, I think you, actually it made you can enjoy it more than I of, Yeah, you can always take a bit of kind of, um, um, kind of homage almost out, out of that. That, you know, you never want to be praised for making someone redundant, but there's definitely yeah. a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, and if you get through like that, you know that you've, you've been as um, empathetical as you possibly could do 
to try and deliver what is is essentially awful news, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's no matter what people say, whether you know it's not you, it's the role. People always think it's them. Yeah, they always think. Yeah, no. So yeah, but, but I mean, selfish from a from an HR point of view, selfishly, it was good experience. I was so lucky to to have that experience to do that so early on because I can now tick that off as well, and I've done it. So next time, hopefully, it won't be a next time, but if it happens again, I'll be way more equipped to deal with it. Do you know what I always? It's funny that you use the word tick because I always think of it like a bingo scorecard that <laughs> you, if you wrote down everything that you can possibly cover in um in the spectrum of hr tasks it's almost like you're trying to kind of tick them off and going well i've done that yes you know i've got that one i've got that one but it makes you more rounded um yeah it just made me chuckle in my head when you said that then because it's true this is what you you aspire you know you, you aspire to um cover them all and then i think like you say your manager and um the last place really enjoys um employment law and employment relations and you start to find your sweet spot of what you're good at um okay so you've you've some stuff you've naturally moved into some stuff has been a bigger learning curve for you but from personal perspective it's good that you've been able to do that is there anything that you feel you weren't well equipped for so moving from an assistant to an advisor so let's eliminate things that you hadn't done. So like redundancy, but was there anything that um, would be in the normal confines that you felt you kind of weren't equipped for that you would have been advantageous to you had you have um, maybe learned a bit of it or had exposure to it in your last role? Um, that's a really tough question, you know, because I, th- I think, there will be some things that come up in my level five um, that I will have learned that potentially haven't had experience in that I will learn more about. Um, I think maybe some, maybe if I'd done some disciplinaries um, would have been good. I, I shadowed a couple in my previous role. Um, Rather than just the investigation, actually. Um, yeah, more seen so, the process through from beginning to end. That's it. Yeah. So I think um, so in this role, we haven't had any yet. Thank God. Um, but I'm sure we will in, in, in the coming months, potentially and potentially next year as well. Um, but maybe, potentially, you know, having done disciplinaries would be would have been advantageous um, and potentially doing some number courses. I had no idea that that was going to be part of my role uh, now. <laughs> so yeah but if you, you said in the last place you didn't have a um a hr system if you, i'm guessing you've got a hr system now so will that yeah. do quite a bit of the crunching for you um it's quite an old hr system okay. um so still have to use uh calculators and, and try and get some of my brain power on that but um yeah it's it's it, our hr system now is mainly for storing people information and it talks to some of the other systems like the holiday system um, which is really great. I was that was probably the main thing that I was ha- happy about. Um, in my old job, holiday was all in this massive spreadsheet, and it was so ugly. And now there's a whole system that deals with it automatically. It's fantastic. And people put their own holiday in. It's the small things. I was just about to say it really is the little things, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. And how you know 
just to kind of get into the not to avoid the elephant in the room almost of, of kind of where we're at right now in the world how has that journey been for you over five months of joining a new business and then seven days after having to go into lockdown work from home how have you found that process because there could be people joining again thinking of kind of maybe how this might help people there may be people who might be joining a company now who that could be what's going to happen to them where for the next couple of months they might be working from home yeah I found it okay um my fiance um went back into the office eventually um we didn't have two desks we live um in, in a coach house which is basically an apartment so it's, it's really small we have two bedrooms and a living room kitchen and there's not a lot of space um so he was demoted to um the kitchen table for a bit um, and I was using the spare room as the office um, which was fine. I, I, I'd taken my um, my office chair from work, which was really, really helpful. That was a big thing. I'm guessing um, they know you haven't literally just taken it. No, they know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your manager is aware. <laughs> um, so it was okay for me. So he went back into the office. Um, I found it really lonely. I thrive around people. Um, I get a lot of my energy from other people. Um, so working on my own, have has has struggled i have struggled um at points fiance is now back at home we've got another desk and another chair and another screen so he's back at home two days a week which actually works really well because i'm away from him enough of the week yeah. um to actually you know to have that break that we both need um, again just thinking about that you haven't yet got a network of friends at work have you because that, no. just thinking about you're being lonely, it sounds a bit sad, but you know what I mean? Um, because, yeah, you, you haven't got anybody that really you can just start um, instant messaging or have a WhatsApp group with work or I'm sure you, you can have those things, but you, know, you haven't built those interpersonal skills yet and found your, you find your way with people in the office, don't you, over a, a period yeah. of time. It's the small talk that you, it's important sometimes um, to find out, you know, who who your mates are at work because that's an important dynamic as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's my mind's just going, kind of thinking about kind of what you said and um, and how that kind of yeah. relates things. Yeah, it's one of those things that maybe people don't think about. That yeah, yeah. Again, so maybe anybody who's listening to this who is um, onboarding somebody into an organisation right now and they're um joining and having to work remotely that's quite probably something you wouldn't think about that um they don't yet have a network of friends in the office so it's maybe something to be mindful of of, of how you do that because like you say I'm yeah. Sure, yeah you're very you're very um speak very positively about your boss that she's giving you a lot of support and stuff but actually maybe if the organization had done that it might i don't know how they do it but you know it might have kind of just helped you a little bit as well of that integration piece so yeah it's it's been different for sure it helps she so my manager is a similar age to me um so that's helped as well um and I also got allocated a buddy so our um we're an American company um so our head offices are in the US so I have a buddy um over the water um, and she's great, and um, we we catch up monthly. Um, but we've got a minimum of an eight-hour time difference. Yeah, 
exactly so it's kind of like four o'clock for me and like nine o'clock for her squeezing um, an hour's worth of chit chat yeah. <laughs> did you watch curry no i'm in philadelphia <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly absolutely but um so that's been okay i'm i'm on the whatsapp group for for the team that we sit with um it yeah, it's been different for sure. And I just one of those things, I guess, isn't it? But you know, just trying to think, maybe companies can could be a bit mindful of that. But I don't yeah. really know how you get around it. Let's let's just hope that things ease up soon and, and everyone can get back into yeah. the workplace um, of of who wants to. What 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 are the plans for you around that? We don't, we don't know at the moment. Um, we haven't kind of. I think a working from home policy is being worked on um so yeah we, we're not too sure what we're actually doing so like most of our um so our parent company is mostly staffing and recruitment um so they didn't make anyone redundant they followed a lot of people um but basically most of them are now back in the office um because we're classed as support we don't need to go back in um there's there, you know they're wearing masks you've got to wear masks in the office um everywhere you go there's only two people allowed in the lift um try not to use a lift if possible but our office is on the fourth floor so it's quite far <laughs> um so it's it's certainly different so i'm not sure support is going to be going back for for a while yet yeah just play it by ear fair enough fair enough yeah. okay um i guess kind of good opportunity to to kind of wrap things up then really um so again the finishing question that i always ask everybody and um so for you what piece of advice would you give the younger you or somebody who I want to kind of play it two ways with you so somebody who maybe wants to get into HR or probably more prominent what advice would you give somebody who wants to make that transition up to an advisor of the things that they could do that would really help them either in applications or make that that internal transition I think the advice I'd give to a much younger me um, before the HR career starts is to stick at it, believe in yourself. Your stars will align. It will all fall, fall, it will fall into place. It will happen. Um, just kind of stick at it, really. Um, and I think advice for somebody transitioning into an advisor role, do as many courses as you can. The Open University, for one, is great. There's loads of free courses on there. Even, you know, recruitment sites like Read. Um, do loads and loads of different courses. Um, some of them are a tenor, some of them are free, some of them are a bit more. Um, what sort of courses? Loads, so many different courses, like project, manage, project man, management, okay, okay. Uh, organisation, yeah, loads of different Maybe stuff. Maybe some stuff that people wouldn't think about, but actually, yeah. like I say, basic project management skills, understanding if you're given a task to do, how to kind of map it out from concept to delivery at the end. That Yeah. You, you wouldn't know kind of where to start sometimes okay well, that's really interesting actually okay just little, little things that you would would probably potentially help um going forward and and, and things and try and talk to anyone that you know is an, an advisor or a manager um and, and get their thoughts um on what it is and what you want to do and try and try and shadow them if you can um and try and get you know as much as experience as you, as you can in your pocket really okay okay absolutely fantastic right i think that'll do us then so charlotte thank you so much for coming on um it was a pleasure listening to that um really unique circumstances of 
join an organization with this. I hope things improve and we'll book you in for a year and a little bit, but good luck with the (laughs) wedding plans. I hope it, I hope we're not in lockdown. Oh my God, I hope we're not in lockdown by that point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope everything goes well and thank you for coming on. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Another show done. Thank you for listening. If you do enjoy the show, please do like and review it on whichever platform it is that you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google. Um, Also, why not tell a friend as well? Get them involved. Share the wealth around. Um, Feedback is greatly appreciated as well. You can um, reach me on LinkedIn. Any feedback is really, really appreciated because that goes back into helping the show be what it is that you want um, and I can tailor it to make sure that I'm asking the questions that, that you guys think are relevant. But thanks again and see you next week.